0: the bio insights podcast Hello, and welcome to this episode of the BioInsights podcast. I'm David McCall, Senior Editor at BioInsights, and today I'm joined by Dr. Gita Vermuri. Gita is Founder and Managing Partner at Agent Capital, where she oversees all activities, including portfolio management, new investments, and operations activities. Prior to Agent Capital, Gita was the Managing Partner of Baxter Ventures and the Managing Partner of Baxalta Ventures where she led each corporate venture capital arm with more than $300 million under management. Prior to Baxter, Dr. Vimuri was a partner at Quaker Partners, where she focused on biotech and healthcare investments. Dr. Vimuri has served on the boards of a variety of companies, including Sempra, Covagen, Gadetta, NOREX, Ocular Therapeutics, Protest Pharmaceuticals, Sintimmune and True North Therapeutics, amongst others. She received a PhD in biochemistry from Indian Institute of Sciences, an MBA from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, thank you for joining me today, Geeta. To kick things off, what have you been working on lately?
1: So we have founded um, Agent Capital to invest in four core areas, oncology, immunology, neuroscience, and rare disease. And so the latter two areas fall really well in the gene therapy space, which is neuroscience as well as rare diseases, whereas oncology for sure, there's a lot of cell therapy activities as you know. So we're covering all of those areas um, and that's what we're investing in at this time and working on.
0: Can you give us some more background on Agent Capital's investment strategy and tell us about some of your specific investments in the advanced therapies area? What drew you to invest in those companies?
1: So basically we've been investing in this strategy since 2012 when I was running Baxter's Venture Group, we had really set up a strategy at Baxter to invest in these four core areas. A little bit, it was aligned with Baxter's strategic remit, but then, you know, uh, which became, of course, Baxalta. But then we continued because we really felt that the need in this space is, there's there's a lot of unmet need in all of these, these areas. Um, so, and then as far as investors go, returns are also very nicely uh, generated because of very high M&A activity in these four areas. They account for almost 92% of M&A, uh, whether it's large companies or small companies. So we felt it's the right space for us from both serving patients as well as for return on our invested capital. So honestly, we've made a variety of investments in this space. Starting with companies that are doing cell therapy itself, which are ex vivo autologous approaches. And then we are also investing in in vivo cell therapies. So, one of our companies, Charisma Therapeutics, is macrophage therapy. As you know, CAR Ts are T cell therapies that are very well established. We know NK cells are following behind that, but also a huge category of cells, which is macrophages and uh, monocytes, they are in fact scavengers in our bodies, but generally taking off all the cells which are debris. Um, So Charisma is actually using that underlying science to develop therapies for solid tumor as a cell therapy. Then we have another company called Interius, which actually is developing the next generation of CAR T cells within the human body itself as opposed to manipulating them outside the human body. And so that's another investment we have made, which is more close to gene and cell therapy both. Uh, So that those are some transformative oncology investments. Then on the other side, we have invested in a company which is pioneering the gene therapy space called Carbon Biosciences, where the company's vector which will deliver the gene can essentially deliver a very large gene in a single capsid itself. So, cystic fibrosis gene, where the entire gene can be put in, in one vector head, can be delivered. And that's just tip of the iceberg for that company. There are multiple other products behind that that one can utilize this platform for. So, so some examples. And then there's completely another side, gene editing MediGenome is also a portfolio company where they are coming up with novel enzymes for gene editing within the human body. So it's a variety of novel transformative science that we have backed through our funds.
0: Can you expand on the key areas of innovation for cell and gene therapy at present as you see them? Why and how will they impact the field and healthcare in general?
1: Within the cell and gene therapy space, um, I think the continuum, the way we look at for cell therapy is from ex vivo manipulation all the way to in vivo manipulation. And within that also on the ex vivo side, uh, right, different types of cells. So, you know, whether it's, I mentioned NK cells or macrophages or different type of CAR constructs itself, uh, which are Mm -hmm. becoming very interesting these days in themselves to, basically being able to improve the manufacturing of these ex vivo autologous CAR T cells. All of that is something, you know, kind of at a very rapid speed happening right now in front of our eyes. Then you have also the next continuum within that is the allogeneic CAR T cells. They have definitely certain advantages over autologous and lots of improvements and opportunities there. And then, as I mentioned, finally, the space, which is, let's say, the holy grail, in vivo CAR-T production itself. So I, I feel like in the cell therapy, that's the schematic. On the gene therapy side, you know, you already have lots of approved products on the market, which is so fantastic to see. Whether it's treating you know, infants that are with certain conditions two ophthalmology indications, so you have a very nice set of already approved products out there. What we want to actually improve upon is basically being able to do the same thing, but being able to dose these patients more than once without any immunogenicity, and then finally uh, coming up with uh, just having a single vector so that you don't have too many empty capsids in the manufacturing process. So lot of innovation on that side also is happening today. Um, I mentioned carbon is playing in that space where you can put a very large cargo and also hopefully immunogenicity also is kind of minimized in that the vector population that we are selecting there. Yeah.
0: More generally now, it continues to be a challenging time for advanced therapy biotech seeking to raise finance. What's your view on the current landscape and its short to mid term prospects?
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right. Actually, you know the capital raise for cell and gene therapy companies has been pretty challenging, which is you know, not to say others have having a better time. Overall, the entire market is quite challenging for all of the uh, these companies, right? But one thing we were able to do in the past cycle is to at least tap the market with the cell and gene therapy companies that had some exciting program to bring in investors that invest typically in public companies um, and that's been significantly down so 2022 for example saw it fell almost 96% from the 2021 number that had gone public in 2021 roughly 3.7 billion in 2021 to only 162 million in 2022 so that was a very sharp drop in capital being raised from public markets by cell and gene therapy companies. But overall, the biopharma itself, there was a 72% decrease. So it's not like, you know, this was, uh, it was a little bit proportionately more, but it's not that biopharma was doing better in terms of capital raised from the public IPO market compared Mm -hmm. to 2021. I'm not going very far. I'm only staying between 2021 and 2022. If we actually went and compared with other years, maybe it's not that bad. You know, who knows? It was definitely really dropped from 2021, which was a boom year, to 2022. So that's the, for sure. You said in terms of midterm, um, I think I feel like, you know, cell therapy companies are coming back in vogue, I would say, a little bit just because some of the approved products in that space have shown pretty nice market acceptance and uptick in terms of revenues. So we are seeing a little bit of some more life in these companies, or investors supporting these companies. Um, We have our own portfolio companies which are going out to the market, and we can see there is a good receptivity to that. So cell therapy companies, for sure. On the other hand, gene therapy, likewise, right? Okay, people have to, the hurdle is to show differentiation in, in gene therapy companies. No one wants to go back to a company where a a story that they have heard before. So, if you have, you have to have a hook either via indication or via, you know, some advantage over existing capsids, I would say. So, that's in the midterm, if you can show that the probability of uh, being able to raise capital is not bad. I think long term, certainly these companies will. They, they, these technologies are not going to go away. They are transformative. Mm. They actually really are saving lives, right? Zolgel a case in point. So I think they're not going to go away, to be honest, they, long term. Short term, they might struggle a little bit, but it's not going to be as bad as that they're totally dried up from investment standpoint. I think there's capital availability is uh, for strong and differentiated companies is going to continue to be
0: there. There clearly is still money around for cell and gene therapy biotechs, albeit perhaps in smaller amounts than one or two years ago. What are some of the keys to attracting it at the moment and moving forward?
1: I have to say, in the end, I think it comes down to the management team that actually is going to develop these assets. If you have management team that have shown prior success in knowing what it takes to get such new compounds through FDA regulatory process, then uh, the dollars are available, of course, at a right price, okay? Sometimes in the 2021-2022 era, some of these companies became super expensive, you know, for the stage at which they were. And so that's also one of the reasons why they were not able to get the funding, just because they had gone way ahead of their value. So if if actually one looks at management having the right value and in unmet need which has high bar to be either cured by a small molecule or by any other modality, then definitely these therapies are going to get the support. I think those are a few categories that we break it down into and say if you're looking at a company, do you have at least elements of those at the top level.
0: Thanks, Geeta. Lastly, can you sum up some key goals and priorities that you have for Agent Capital and its portfolio companies over the next 12 to 24 months?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So so first of all, we are advising all of our existing portfolio companies to be cash prudent, okay? Invest in Mm -hmm. things that are most value drivers, not nice to have but need to have in your portfolio and so that's one advice we are giving to all of our ceos even if they have raised like 300 million or 200 million just be prudent and then the other thing we are saying is this is a very good time for companies with cash to tuck in new and other things that that they can either acquire or bring in so Mm -hmm. a little bit look at outside world not just inside their own R&D shop, right, and be able to bring in something um, if they can find something interesting because of the market conditions, right? Okay, putting one plus one is better than um, just always stay looking inwardly. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's another thing we're saying. The other goal for us is basically take care of our existing portfolio companies, keep more reserves for them, right? Uh, Get them through the 2024. I think we'll see a lot of improvement in 2024, but you never know, right? If the world, the way the war is going on, things can change on a dime. And Mm -hmm. so we are just advising our companies to find money or conserve money through end of 2024 and beginning of 2025 and just drive that key value driver forward at this time. Stay super focused.
0: Well, thank you very much, Geeta, for sharing your insights with us today. And thanks to you, our audience for joining us. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe to the BioInsights podcast.